And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All the motivational speakers I listen to are like all football coaches and they all have these like great business lessons. Why is that? It seems to be a prerequisite. I think it's inherent in sports. Leadership matters. The teams that have great leadership, they're able to push players to play at their best. He's a beast. So mean. Well, obviously you just liked him. Can you swear on TV? It's not fun. If it's very hit, then you have to take it. The only people that really matter are the guys in the room. They don't seem to mind the way I play. Chris Pronger plays on the edge. Eight suspensions and more than 1,500 penalty minutes. Pronger is one of hockey's most imposing and intimidating players. The Norris Trophy goes to... Chris Pronger, the St. Louis Blues! What makes somebody great? First and foremost, talent. And then I think it's discipline and continue to get better. Some people think they're working hard until they start working next to somebody who is working hard. How did you set yourself up properly? What was your strategy? I made my fair share of mistakes too. <laughs> Give a good mistake. Like, Give a good mistake. I why? I don't know why. But... Welcome to Success Story. I'm your host, Scott Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Now, the HubSpot Podcast Network has incredible podcasts like My First Million, hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Purry. They interview some of the most incredible business leaders, Alex Hermosi, Sophia Amoruso, Hassan Minhaj, who share their journey to success and how they made their first million. On a recent episode, they featured the acquired podcast hosts, Ben Gilbert and David Rosenthal, to discuss how they scaled their multi-million dollar podcast. Don't sleep on My First Million. If you want to get inspired, if you want to learn from the best, you got to tune in to My First Million wherever you listen to your podcast. Today, my guest is Chris Pronger, Canadian, former professional ice hockey defenseman and former advisor to the Florida Panthers. Originally selected second overall by the Hartford Whalers in the 93 NHL entry draft, Pronger played for Hartford, the St. Louis Blues, Edmonton Oilers, and Anaheim Ducks before being traded to Philadelphia Flyers before the 2009 and 10 season. He was captain of the Blues, Ducks, and Flyers. He's appeared in the Stanley Cup Finals with three different teams, Edmonton, Anaheim, and Philadelphia, winning the Cup with the Ducks in 2007. Pronger won the Hart Memorial Trophy as the NHL's most valuable player for the 1999 and 2000 season, becoming the first defenseman to win the award since Bobby Orr. A mainstay on Team Canada, Pronger won Olympic gold medals at the 2002 and 2010 Winter Olympic Games and is a member of the Triple Gold Club. In 2017, he was named one of the 100 greatest NHL players in history. Now, we spoke about how he got drafted and developed as a hockey player, business lessons that crossed over from sports to business, leadership lessons from the locker room, how to be the top 0.01% of any profession, money problems of professional athletes, why more than 50% of athletes go broke, Chris's personal investment pillars, and lessons learned investing in, building, and scaling businesses. Uh, probably the most pivotal moment was my fourth year in the, well, third year, coming out of my third year, going into my fourth year, uh, figuring out, I met with a trainer, uh, actually this was my fourth year, met with a trainer, you know, I had a sore shoulder, I had a bad knee, you know, I was eating like Eggo waffles in the morning, I would, you know, all this stuff like, you know, 21 years old, you can eat whatever you want. And I came in, I met the trainer, he's like, all right, walk from here to there. And I walked like six steps and he just watched me for a second, he goes, you got a bad shoulder? I'm like, yeah. 
I go, yeah, I think I hurt my rotator cuff. He's like, oh, well, you got a bad left knee? I go, yeah, a little sore. He's like, okay, I got it. He's, and he's, you know, he starts grabbing me and pinching me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, we got to get this down. We got to, what do you eat? And then we walk through like a Diego day of, diet. yeah, I, I eat Eggos. I go, I need carbs. He's like, you are, you're out of your mind. And he started walking through my diet and walking through kind of, my training regimen, kind of really boiling it down and really kind of peeling back the onion layers to each segment of the process and kind of swiping it all away and, and starting from scratch and, and kind of building a base. And, and then from that day forward, every year was a process until three years later, I won the MVP and it was a process of building blocks and building on top of each block and, you know, getting that base of, of constant nutrition, eating properly every single day. How does that make your body feel fueling your body properly and then training properly and not being in the gym, trying to see how much you can lift, but more functional exercises, uh, post post season using the first two or three weeks to rehab, injuries and and stabilizer muscles that you really don't feel like you use but you know you use and fixing your you know your 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 shoulders your 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 knees things like that that are going to allow your quads and your chest and your back to really do what they're supposed to be doing and so as i walk through and kind of built on each summer each year each season you know i started feeling more comfortable you know learning how i needed to play uh, but but also more off the ice and learning how I needed to train, learning how I needed to eat. And then from that base, I just kept getting better and better and, and kind of understanding. And using that same system and tool, I then started to implement similar processes into investing and, and how I manage my money and, and just kind of use, you know, knocking everything down to the studs and coming up with a core principle and kind of understanding how I got to where I was as a professional athlete and then using a lot of those same principles and processes to kind of manage my money and, and, and manage kind of what I do post-career and, and things of that nature. It's, it's very, it's very interesting that it took you, you said four years to get to the point where somebody came in and basically said, you're fucking everything up right now. Like this, you're not going to have longevity. Yep if you if you stay down this path and and even four years in four years is a lot of time for somebody to be playing pro <laughs> sports right that's not like that's not like you know a couple yeah. weeks you're in it you're you're living it like i want to understand even a little bit of, back up a little bit the the types of lessons and learnings that you got from joining the nhl you were 18 right so you didn't even go yep. to college at that point so walk me through young athlete you know the world's your oyster you you're jumping into professional athletics. You are are you choosing to not go to college at this point? Um, I guess that's a conscious choice that you would have had to have made. I mean, the money, uh, everything that I guess a little bit of the fame that comes with it. So it's 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 going to mess with you to some extent. So walk me through those first four years before it sounds like you started to get a little bit more grounded. Yeah, I was al- I was already somewhat grounded. It was. I had to make a decision when I was 16, whether I was going to play junior hockey or whether I was going to go the college route. My brother had already chosen the college route and was playing uh, D1 at Bowling Green State University. And I was now at that fork in the road of having to decide which, which route am I going to take? Um, and I chose junior just because, you know, I, the team that I signed with, was going to pay for my schooling. So I kind of had the best of both worlds. If I didn't turn pro and didn't sign a contract, they were going to pay for my schooling. And then also I just, I needed the competition. I didn't want to go back and play junior B and kind of be stagnant and and not push myself uh, to continue to play against better competition. I really wanted to kind of keep challenging myself and, and, uh, and, and that I think ultimately helped me because I started, I started playing junior against first round picks. My first year I played against Eric Lindros, who was the first overall pick a couple, a year earlier. 
and and kind of was the the next best, you know, the next thing on the block. And you're able to kind of compare yourself and, and be able to kind of get a gauge as to where you are, how your um, how your skills kind of match up with the rest of the so-called best young players in, in the game. And so that gave me a good starting point and foundation as to kind of where I fit in vis-a-vis, uh, -vis, you know, the draft and, and, you know, up and coming players. We had a couple of high picks on our team as well. So, you know, you're practicing and playing against those guys day in, day out, you're going to get better. And, and I needed to challenge myself and continue my development curve and, and, and really push myself in that regard. So uh, I chose that route and all the while still, you know, fast tracking my education, fast tracking my schooling so that I was going to graduate high school after my first year in junior, but I still had another year that I had to play in junior. So I took a economics class at Trent university in Peterborough. And then I took a uh, psychology class just to, you know, keep learning and keep, get myself out of bed in the mornings. <laughs> you know, you come off a, an, an early morning bus ride home and uh, you gotta, you know, you're going to get your sleep, but you need to kind of shake the cobwebs off and get moving. So, you know, for me, it was just a, trying to continue that learning process and keep the mind moving and, and get the body up at a normal time. And, um, you know, so for me, it was a great learning experience and it was more the, the pro mindset. We played 72 games, college, you play like 25, 26, whatever it is, 32. Um, so it, for me, it was just, you know, riding the bus, kind of putting a little uh, added stress and, and whatnot on your body to kind of get it ready for that next level if you're able to make that jump. What, I, we're going to talk about money later, but I'm just curious. I want to just talk about like sports and athletics and maybe it's something that you've noticed. I'm sure you have noticed this, but how come, how come people that play, play at such a high level pro sports, how come there's so many leadership qualities that translate into business? I see like I, all the, all the motivational speakers I, I listen to are like all football coaches and then they all have these like great business lessons. Like, why is that? It seems to be a prerequisite. Yeah, I think when you play sports, you know, there's lots of leaders, lots of followers, but even the followers are learning from their leaders and learning, you know, as I went along in my career, I was always a, an assistant captain or captain or what have you, a leader on, on the teams. And you're always learning. You're always taking pieces from, you know, early on in my Hartford days, Pat Verbeek was our captain and, and learn how he how he handles himself with the media, how he trains and prepares for games. You know, I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. 
it's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers, they filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935 and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much, Indeed, for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. How professional he is on and off the ice. I get to St. Louis and I'm watching Al McInnes and how he handles the media, how he prepares for games and trains. And he's ultimately the one who introduced me to the trainer. Um, you know, as I move along, you know, I'm learning new things and, in, in, you know, not always being the intense rah-rah guy, but sitting back and kind of 
pulling somebody under under your wing and saying, hey, you know, is everything okay? Is there something going on off the ice? What's going on with you? Where you're kind of investing in them and getting an understanding as to what's going on in their life and, and not necessarily just saying, hey, you need to be better. And, and you know, I'm putting it all out there. You need to do, you know, you, there, a lot of times there's a lot more under the surface. And as I got a little bit older, I learned that side of being a leader and that side of being a captain. And, and so I think it's inherent in sports that, you know, leadership matters, whether, you know, you look at all the different team sports, the teams that have great leadership from management to coaching to, to players, they're able to create an accountability scale and able to really push players to play at their best. And they're also walking the walk. They're, they're doing their part and yeah. leading by example, but they're also the first guys in the gym. They're also the hardest workers in practice. They're leading by example. And then they're also going out and producing and performing on the ice, on the field, on the court, whatever it is. And, and that example then exudes into the rest of the team. Like, well, this guy played 30 minutes last night and he's in the gym this morning. Well, I need to get in the gym more. And, and, and those little things after a while, they rub off on players. And, and then you get four guys in the gym and you got six guys in the gym. And next thing you know, you got 12 guys in the gym, all training together, all kind of preparing. And, and now you've got this, this mindset of excellence and this mindset that nothing's going to stop us. And it's all from repetition and it's all from pushing yourselves and, and, and you hear, you know, legacy and, and you hear these, yeah. you know, buzzwords talked about all the time, but you know, how, how good do you want to be? You know, what, what does your legacy look like? How, how much are you willing to sacrifice in your finite amount of time in your sport to be the best, to be the best that you can be? And, and it's a matter of kind of, you know, looking at it in a disciplined manner and going, okay, well, I don't need to do that. I want to do that, but what am I sacrificing to do that? And kind of extrapolating backwards. And, you know, when I first met my trainer, we looked at, we looked at my summer calendar and he's like, all right, I only want you drinking once a week. And I'm like, okay, well, I got to go to a wedding here and I got to do this and I'm going <laughs> fishing. And I mean, I literally, you know, X'd out those days that, okay, those are the days I'm going to have my fun. Yeah. And the other days I was tight on my diet. I was training. I was, you know, doing everything that I needed to do. And, you know, sometimes I was sitting on my dock looking at everybody going by, having a good time. But, you know, that's the, the sacrifice and the discipline that it takes to, to be the best in, in your sport. But you you killed it. You're not just you're not just like upper echelons, you know. Arguably, you're like the top the top percentile, the top one percent when it comes to hockey. I mean, you're you're playing at the highest levels. But walk me maybe just even like look look inside, like almost like a little bit of self awareness as to what allowed you. Because yeah, you were strict and you were regimented. But a, a lot of the guys were strict and regimented, and I'm sure a lot of the guys busted their ass and a lot of guys maybe some drank a little more than others but i'm sure a lot of the guys like tried to really stay on their on their food and their nutrition and their diet and what what makes somebody great what made you know i'll say what made you great what made you yeah, in I, that upper echelon well i first and foremost you got to have talent you have to yeah. have an innate ability to play the, your respective sport and then it's again i think it's discipline and it's a wherewithal to, to harness that ability and continue to get better every summer when I went, went into my summer program and, you know, you work on things in the off season and, and whatnot, getting prepared for training camp. If I was staying status quo, I was falling behind, you know, neutral is not good. You need to keep going up and, and improving, whether it's your fitness, whether it's working on your weaknesses and we all have them and turning those into a positive and just getting everything incrementally better. Um, you know, and it was just a process of every single summer working on something, whether it was my skating, whether it was, you know, my body, whether it was injuries, you know, all those different things that as, as the season's over, you evaluate how your season went, what you need to improve on, you know, how does your body feel? What can and can't you do at this particular juncture in the summer? And then build out, okay, these are, these are things that I need to do. And then you go to work. I mean, it, it's that simple. It's putting in the time and the effort 
having a, a work ethic and, and understanding, you know, some people think they're working hard until they start working next to somebody who is working hard. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of it is your mindset. A lot of this is, is it is up top. You know, I can't, there's lots of times where you're riding a bike. You're like, I, I feel like I'm going hard. And then you're like, you know, I, I you know, kind of like Jordan did, I'd use little slights and just to piss me off when I'm riding a bike and push myself harder and, you know, use those things. And the days where you maybe don't feel their best or you don't feel like working out. Oh, you know, this guy said this about me. Oh, he doesn't, he thinks I'm overrated. All right, well, I'll show you. All right. Yeah. And you, yeah. you know, you use anything you can to kind of get you up to motivate you to, to work harder, you know, finish your workout stronger and, and push yourself at the end. And, um, you know, as you get in better shape, you can push yourself harder and harder. And, um, you know, it, it, you, you need a trainer and, but you also need to be your own worst critic. And I think that also helped me was I was my own worst critic. I didn't, I didn't keep back patterns around me and have the entourage around you and giving you, Hey, you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, you know, I, I wanted to, to be the best that I could be and harness my skill and talent. It took me a number of years early on in my career to kind of figure out how I needed to do that and what steps I needed to take to, to start, you know, taking those next steps to being a great player and, and being consistent. You know, I think you see, a lot of young players come to these leagues and they're really good and, but they show flashes and the hallmark of a good pro is showing up and being consistent each and every night. And that starts with practice. That starts with training that starts and that builds the base for the games. The games are the easy part. It's all the hard work and all the training and all the preparation before the game that actually makes the game easy. And so if you you're if you're a half asset in practice or you're kind of not working out very hard, at some point it's going to show up in the games, and and all these seasons are so long that you know you're playing 82 games or baseball 162 games, like that's a long grind of a season. And if you're not prepared and disciplined over that long span, plus the playoffs, two months of a long grind of, of playing, potentially 28 games. There, there's a there's a lot that you're leaving out there for chance if you're not preparing yourself for what may be at the end of the year. Just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. Now, if you're growing a business, you've got a ton on your plate. You need more leads. You need to close deals faster. You need to get better insights to connect with your customers. You need a CRM, one that works from day one, gives your teams a central source of truth and helps them do more faster. That's why you need HubSpot. HubSpot is an all-in-one CRM platform that will accelerate your business growth without slowing down efficiency. With thousands of customizable tools like ad tracking, social media management, and an AI content assistant, your teams will have everything they need to convert prospects to qualified leads. Plus, you can customize your CRM with apps and integrations that meet the needs of your business at any stage. So as your business grows, HubSpot CRM grows with you. Get started for free today at HubSpot.com. You know, you mentioned one thing that I thought was awesome. It, right when you right when you uh, started playing professionally, you said you were basically surrounding yourself with the best of the best. And I think that's actually something that more people can take away. Like sports, business. If you think you're if you think you're operating at an exceptionally high level, just put yourself around the best people in the world, and you realize that you really aren't where you have to be. I remember even like a like a hockey analogy. I remember. Um, guys that used to play like junior A in high school and they'd be playing puck and they go to the ODR and then like a, a guy's playing in the OHL would come back home for, for like Christmas or something and he'd step on the ice and he'd dance around the guys that were playing. Like it's just like you don't realize and these guys thought they were hot shit the rest of yeah. the year. So, yeah. you know, if you put yourself in situations like that, man, it's eye-opening. But then it pushes you. Like it really seriously yeah. pushes you. Um how did this, how, you know, af, as you as you grew in your career, obviously uh, money is a big part of a professional athlete's career, but there's also a lot of really scary stats about, you know, 50% plus of athletes going broke and whatnot. And you, you see it in hockey. I think you see it in every sport, to be quite honest. I think you have a fair amount of people that declare bankruptcy. And now I think it hopefully is getting better because I think, if I'm not mistaken, even in like colleges, they're mandating financial education for some of their athletes and whatnot. But... I thought this was very interesting because 
you connected with, uh, I guess it was Sam Parr, who was uh, so speaking to you about Twitter. Maybe walk through even how you got involved in Twitter, but then I also want to unpack um, that story that you told about all the finances and, and how you navigated your career so that when you came out, you were still set and that you could still have some money to play with and you could still set yourself up for the rest of your life because uh, a professional athlete, their, their, their career is not forever. So walk me through that whole, how I sort of discovered you were in the finance and business world and what happened with that. And then we can talk about money and everything that sort of go to, that went on in your career that, that yeah. sort of educated you and learned you as to, as to how to invest, how to, how to manage your money and, and what you're doing now. Yeah, so I, I actually got on Twitter. A friend of mine in Philly's son actually works for Twitter. And I just decided to take the leap and, 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 and get on Twitter. Open my, open my kimono up and get on Twitter. And, uh, and so kind of set up an account. And then I kind of, it was dormant for a little while. And then I had met Sam. Uh, I'm trying to remember how I met him. It, it might have been on Twitter. I might have been following somebody, and there was an interaction or something. And then he's he's from St. Louis, so he used to come watch my games. And uh, uh, he, you know, we talked a couple of times. And then I was down in Austin, and he was down there, and we just went out for dinner to catch up. And he was asking me about finances. He obviously had a big liquidity events on his his deal, and and uh, so we were just talking about finances and talking about you know what do you do with your money and and all that kind of stuff and. And he's like, you know, we just started to talk about athletes and I was just like, you know, walking him through it, you know, all the different things that happened to me and happened to people I know. And, and he's like, man, you should do a thread on that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you should do a thread. And I'm like, oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he helped me kind of piece it together. I kind of gave him some details and then we just started talking, kind of piecing it together. And, you know, he helped me put it together and obviously he's much better at it than I am. And, uh, he's, done, know, it, he's it, done it more than he's more, he's done it more than once. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, he helped me kind of construct it and, and kind of walk through how you do it, why you do it a certain way, et cetera. And then, so that one went viral and, and I was just talking about, you know, I think, and, 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 uh, you know, you're always going to get backlash. You're always going to get haters. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not up here complaining. I'm just showing people, what happens, how, how fast things can get off the rails and things can go sideways. And, you know, whether you're talking about an entourage or talking about, you know, buying two, you know, you, you get your first check and you start spending and you're buying a car and you're buying a house and you're buying this, you're buying that. Next thing you know, you have no money to invest. You have no money to pay for the insurance. You have no, you don't know. And, you know, and, and the biggest problem is you don't get taught any of this stuff in school which is crazy to think that you don't yeah. learn about how to open a checking account, how to, you know, what a mortgage is. You don't, you don't know any of that stuff. So it, it's, it's kind of asinine to think. And then I, I walk through, you know, whether it's, you know, divorces or, you know, poor investments, money managers stealing money and, and throwing in shady deal, you know, runs the gamut and, you know, and that's some of the issues. And then there's obviously incredibly successful people that, that, that have gone on to great, huge success stories. So they're, you know, you're kind of getting this huge spectrum of people. And, and as I started walking them through it and talking about it and, you know, people don't realize that players do pay tax and they, you know, there are all these things, you know, they pay an agent, they pay, they pay for this, they pay for that, you know, and, and yes, are, are they well off a hundred percent? They are, but they don't have a base. They don't know. They, a lot of times you, you, you never know when it's going to end. Yeah. You, you are 22, 23 years old thinking, all right, I'm about to get my next huge payday and you get hurt. Well, now you've set up a spending pattern that is just not feasible. You thought you were going to sign a huge deal and now you aren't. And now you've got this money that you thought you were going to live off of, but you were going to have fun with the first batch. You know, Shaq talks about when he signed his first contract in Orlando. I mean, he, he spent the whole thing in like two days. So it just, you're not very well versed in, in money management and in investing and because you have no base. Unless you come from a family where they've been investors and have done things, which very few people have, 
then then you're, you're really susceptible to listening to an agent, listening to some guy you meet. Oh, I'm great at investing. I'm this and that. And they, these vultures are all—they're all around. They're always around. You know, there's great agents, and then there's shady agents. I mean, it's no different than anything. Like it, all walks of life, there's there's good and bad. Yeah. And so, getting a an understanding and a, and a base point for it, I think just a lot of players. You never think the the well's going to run dry. You always think there's going to be another check. I know when I signed my last check in Philly, I was 34 years old. All right. And I knew it was going to be my last contract. I'm like, all right. I sat down with my financial advisor and I said, okay, we need to get onto a path where, all right, that's sustainable. Get your spending under control, whatever it is. You need to find that number that we can sustain that is going to be where we can keep investing, we can keep doing all the things that we need to do to grow, but also at the lifestyle that you want to live at. And so, it's you know, interesting. there's a lot of times players don't, they don't think about that. They don't, or got, they don't think about it until yeah. it's over. That's it. So it's I was going to say, you're not you changing nothing. how you spend your money. You're not, yeah. you're just not. If you're flying around on private jets and you're buying friggin' Lamborghinis and Rolls Royce and all these friggin' things that are three, 400 grand, if you're doing that, you're you're gonna run through it real fast. So a couple a couple points. First thing, I was looking this up. Seventy percent of lotto winners lose their money or go bankrupt in five years. So that's seventy percent of people that know they're not gonna get another paycheck, burn through that money. So think about that for a second. So imagine now yeah. you're making that kind of money, and then you think you're gonna get another paycheck. You think you're gonna get, and that's not just a one-time event. Now that's ingrained in you over fifteen yeah. years. So that's messing with you. So you're not you're not thinking in the right mindset, obviously. Now I think that you listen to And here's a couple and things. here's the second point to that. And here's the follow up to that. Your whole life you've been solely focused on your sport, solely focused on being the best at your sport that you can be. Most likely not focusing on your schooling as much as maybe you should. Mm-hmm. And now you're done. Now what? You're you you've solely immersed yourself in this sport you spent every waking second grinding at your sport and now what and a lot of times your your whole identity is built around your sport there's scott the hockey player how you doing it's not scott it's not scott from toronto it's not scott from whatever it's scott the hockey player you're a hockey player no no i i play hockey but that's not who I am. That's not my sole person. So it, it, that, and that, the more you hear that over and over and over and over again, it tends to get ingrained in you. And it's so-and-so the football players. So now, now you think you're just a football player. Oh, you're just a dumb jock. You hear that over and over again. Now you're just a dumb jock. And, and you hear these things over and over and over again. And people just tend to like, all right, maybe I am. Cause you hear it all the time. And they're unwilling to buck the trend and, and buck what people's perceptions are. And so, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of just going with the flow as opposed to trying to break that cycle and, and, and being smart with your money and being smart with what you're doing and how you're kind of laying it all out there. You know, everybody wants to take care of their family. Everybody wants to take care of their friends, but at what cost? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it, it, it just, it, it can, some of the stories you hear, you're like, I can't believe that happened. So out of the guys you played, out of the guys you played puck with, what percentage of them do you think struggled to some extent? Guys that you're close with? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think a lot, a lot of the guys that I, I played with, you know, some are, some are struggling. There's no question. Like the, the problem is you don't hear about it, you know, because they're embarrassed because they don't want to ask for help because they don't, they're unwilling to kind of open themselves up for criticism because they made mistakes. They got into a risky deal. They thought they were going to hit the lottery and, or they went to hit the lottery again. (laughs) Like, you know, you think, Oh, I just won the lottery. I made, $10 million playing my sport. 
you should be creating a nest egg and, and building off of that. Instead, you're risking it all, thinking you want to be LeBron James or Kevin Durant and doing all the stuff that they do. Meanwhile, they're making 40, 50 million bucks a year playing their sport. Mm-hmm. They can take those risks and they're making hundreds of millions of dollars in endorsements. People look at the cream, cream, cream of the crop and think, oh, I want to be there. They have no chance of getting there. Like you have to be comfortable in who you are and where you are in order to be a sound investor, you know, and, and look for singles. You know, I tell people, I just want singles and doubles. And if a double turns into a home run, then great. But I just want singles and doubles. And the more you do that over and over again, as you know, you're, you're going to have a, a lot of success. And too often these people, they're, they're constantly trying to hit home runs. Why? I have no idea. They're not satisfied with whatever they've got, or they see this guy flying around on a private jet and this guy with a friggin' McLaren or whatever, or he's on a yacht or whatever. I mean, it, and they're, they're, they, they're jealous. So they start risking it all for no reason. And, and it's really just the mindset and, and their mind playing games on them. So it, it's understanding. And it's hard for athletes to, you know, you're, you're competitive, you're driven, you know, that you're using that as a tool to push yourself, but it's, you're pushing yourself at, you're taking a lot of risk that you don't have to take. And it, and it's, it's hard for some guys to kind of get out of that competition and, and, you know, always trying to be better than the next guy and, and, and just being happy with where you're at. And, um, you know, there, there's, lo- there's certainly lots of guys that struggle. There's lots of success stories. There's lots of guys that are struggling. I think you see that in all walks of life. You know, I, it's just as an athlete, it's front and center and it's in the paper. It's on TV. It's whatever. It's on social media. Uh, I mean, I see people all the time that, you know, had great jobs and made a lot of money and now they're struggling for whatever reason, you know, whether they're trying to keep up with the Joneses or, uh, you know, trying to be somebody who they're not. And, you know, I think that's, you know, the, the biggest takeaway for me is understanding who you are and then being who you are and not worrying about, you know, living this, whatever dream they're living over there and just live your own dream, live out your own life. And, uh, you know, I think that's where a lot of players really struggle because they're, they're trying to be somebody they're not. How how did you set yourself up properly? Did you, did you just get lucky with the right advice and mentors and financial advisors when you were still playing or what was your strategy? Yeah, I, I made my fair share of mistakes too. <laughs> Don't What's get a, me wrong. Okay, give Don't get me what, wrong. What, what like, would you give a good give a good mistake? Like, give a good mistake because that's always interesting. I had poor investments, you know. Like I, 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 you know, bought a second. Why I don't know why, but I bought a second home, thinking, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm in St. Louis, you know, it'll be a good, great place for my wife to take her kids in the winter time. They're young; they can go hang out on the beach while we're off for a week playing, and then I get traded. So now I'm like, well, that one wasn't finished yet. So then I'm like, all right, we'll wait over here. I mean, you just, you you don't logically think things through. And then next thing you know, you're saddled with two properties that you don't use. And you're like, okay. And you have your main one and you're like, okay, why do I need all this crap? And then the market tanks, you're like, okay, great. And it just, you're, you know, you're, you're not paying it. You don't, first off, you're not paying attention to all that stuff because that's not your job. You're focused on your job and you're just, doing things without really looking at the with with unintended consequences and then you're not you're not realizing how deep you're into it you know and and you know you're thinking all right this looks like a great idea you know you look you know you see some of these deals and they're just totally bloated with fees and all kinds of stuff basically trying to take advantage of you and yeah you know it's just some sometimes it's just you, you make mistakes, you know, and I I tell my financial guy all the time, listen, out of those mistakes and out of that money that was lost came a really good guidelines for what we want to invest in and then guidelines for who we don't want to invest with. 
And, and, and as you make those mistakes, you're able to really understand what good deals look like and what bad deals look like. And, and ones that are in your wheelhouse and other ones that they may, you know what, they may be home runs, but they could just as easily go to zero and you you have to kind of be willing to, to, you know, let those potential grand slams go for the, you know, singles and doubles that, you know, you're just going to kind of chip away, chip away, chip away because you don't have to, you don't have to hit the home run. If it, if it happens, great. But the, the premise around the investment is that it's not going to be a home run. It's going to be a really good deal and you're going to make money. Wealth preservation versus crazy risk for no apparent reason whatsoever. And so, nice. you know, once, once you make those mistakes, you learn real quick. Okay. I don't like that feeling. <laughs> I don't like that. And I, and, and I'm not a big gambler. I learned, I learned early on when I was a kid, I started playing in between and I hit the post and I lost a crap load of money. And I'm like, as a kid, and I'm like, all right, I'm not, I'm not a gambler either. I don't like this. So I just, you know what? I learned my lesson. All right. That was my, that was my investing gambling story. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm not doing that no more. So, so, what you, so what's the lesson that you learned? So when, when you look at, when you look at investments now, who do you invest in? What's safe for you? What do you, what do you try and focus on? Give it, obviously this is not well, investment parameters, advice, and, parameters and guidelines. On? Parameters and guidelines would be a character of the people, mm-hmm. um, structure of the deal, uh, leverage, um, you know, upside versus downside, you know, what's the, what's the risk reward look like? Uh, you know, there, there's, there's a number of factors, but, but a lot of it Those boils down to the, the character of the deal maker, and, and then, you know, what, what the risk profile looks like vis-a-vis whether it's leverage, uh, you know, what the sector is, what type of investment it is, and, and kind of really, Anything that doesn't fit in, inside those guardrails, I just I just get rid of. I'm like, no, I'm not interested. Hey, Success Story listeners, Scott here. Just want to give a shout out to the sponsor of today's episode, the eBay for Business podcast. This is a resource that every entrepreneur should be tapping into. I don't take this lightly. I'm a podcaster. I have a high level of scrutiny for the other podcasts that I tell people to go check out. But this is a good one. Whether you're starting out or you're looking to grow your existing business, This podcast is your golden ticket. It's packed full of insider knowledge on how to start, run, scale a business on eBay with firsthand insights from eBay employees on product launches and campaigns. But it's not just about eBay. It dives into external factors affecting your business, like tax reporting, marketing, sales, all the stuff that you're going to have to figure out to sell stuff on eBay effectively, build a business on eBay effectively. What sets it apart? They bring on eBay executives and successful sellers who've been there, done that, and are eager to share their experiences, advice, and tips. If you have a burning question, their Q&A sessions tackle seller-submitted inquiries, all types of questions, so you're always in the loop. So this is what you got to do. Don't miss out on this go-to source for all things eBay. Tune in to the eBay for Business podcast weekly. Wherever you get your podcasts, it's time to take your business to the next level with insights from those who've already done it. Are you are you more personally invested in like things that are more early stage, or do you like doing more profitable, cash flowing later stage? Get a piece of like, yeah. I know Shaq does all these franchises and whatnot, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's got a little bit more money than I do. <laughs> uh, listen, everyone plays at their own level. It's all good. <laughs> That's right. It, I was just saying that, but you yeah. got to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, more cash flowing, more uh, less risky. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, there's a there's a time and a place for venture capital and for uh, risky. You got you got to understand. You got your buckets, and you got to use those buckets appropriately. I mean, it's not like you don't do any risky stuff, but you try to look at the tranches and 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 how big the buckets are, and then you uh, allocate them accordingly, and you know. Obviously, if you're talking venture, that's crazy risky, but it is the rewards risky. there. Yeah, um, so kind of picking and choosing. So okay, so now you know in your post player career, obviously you 
you probably had some really hard investment lessons, but you learned from them, which has allowed you to have probably some successful investments now. But you're still, you know, you're still trying to branch out and to what you're working on. So when you look at a player's post post professional career, you have investing, you're building a business now. Is there a reason why you're choosing to do that? Why that category? Why, why a travel business out of all things? What was the, the logic behind that? Because obviously you only have so many hours in a day. Startups aren't easy, you know. <laughs> That's right? correct, yes. Um, yeah, actually it was my wife's passion project and, and something that, um, you know, she's loved traveling her whole life. Her dad, uh, the genesis of the company basically started started around when she was six years old. Her dad was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer was given a 10% chance to live. And with that, uh, took, took the family on uh, a European vacation that first summer when the kids got out of school and he went off chemo and radiation to, to go over on the trip. She got to see him full of life and adventure and happy and, and you know, just excited to be around the family and, and see these new, new places. And so she kind of, from a young six-year-old's mind, kind of looked at it like, oh my God, traveling's great. My dad's healthy. You know, all these different things, not really knowing what was going on behind the scenes. And then they got home from that and he went back on chemo and radiation, was just getting pounded. And all the while was planning the next trip to Asia. And it's funny, this is like early 80s. He's planning the next next trip to Asia and we wanted to marry Eastern medicine and Western medicine and wanted to learn more about transcendental meditation and acupuncture and holistic healing methods. And, you know, that was pretty uh, forward thinking in, in the early eighties when I think mm-hmm. all that stuff was really thought of to be kind of voodoo and, and uh, you know, crazy juju, but um, you know, they went over to, to Asia he immersed himself in the jungle for two or three weeks at a time, learning all those things. And, you know, they would go off and, and see the sights and sounds. And um, lo and behold, all the while fighting for his life. And then he got back home, um, you know, got a call from his doctor, Bill, I can, uh, it's a radical new surgery. I'm going to save your life. Uh, you know, had the surgery and two, two years later, so four years in, was given a clean, clean bill of health and never had cancer again. Wow. So she, she got to see what travel could do for you, could do for your mind, you know, mind, body, spirit, and, and really kind of, you know, use travel as a tool for health and wellness and, and kind of bringing the family together, all the different things that they used it for, uh, you know, early in her life. And so to fast forward, you know, they traveled a lot. And then to fast forward, when I met her, I was in the peak of my career, as we just discussed training and eating and doing all the things that, that I, I did in the summertime, she would ask me like, why, why don't you travel? Why don't you go anywhere? I'm like, I can't I go, where am I going to go? There's no, I, I don't want to eat the food that they cook. I, I got to work out. I got to do all these things. She's like, well, let me research. So she started researching places, figuring out, talking to the chef, talking to, you know, finding out, you know, okay, what kind of gym and, you know, early two thousands, the gym was like the broom closet over there. You know, there really wasn't a whole lot to it uh, like it is now with uh, the size of these gyms at some of these properties now. But um, so she was kind of researching, is there a gym nearby? Can, you know, can we get can we get them in? Did it, all these things. And so, you know, it's a small world and, you know, athletics is even smaller. So, you know, people hear about, you know, what you did in the summer and hear about your travels and things like that. And the trust factor of, you know, people start asking her. You know, where did you guys go? How did you source it? So she started helping people that way. And, and you know, friends of friends and et cetera. And then when we got to Philly at, at the end of my career, social media is kicking off and she posts, you know, on her private little Instagram account, pictures of our travels and things. And again, more and more and more people that we knew, actors and athletes, whatever, were asking her, hey, where did you go? How did you source it? You know, that kind of stuff. And so... Uh, you know, it started kind of clicking in her brain. All right, you know, we got 20 people asking me, and I'm like, you should maybe turn that into a business. Uh, but I got hurt. Her mom got breast cancer, and unfortunately, her dad had a, a debilitating stroke. And so, you know, we had three young kids at home. So, from a timing perspective, it wasn't right. And then uh, we get back home here to St. Louis. 
uh, unfortunately your dad passed away, but our, you know, our mom's good. I'm good. Kids are getting older. My oldest starts driving and, and that kind of is the, the precursor to her. Like, all right, I can now start kind of working on this, putting some of the pieces together. At the time I was working with the Florida Panthers, a senior advisor to the GM. And so I was helping her just make some connections and, you know, look at the financials and kind of that stuff. And, you know, as she started building it out, I was helping her and I'm like, ah, I kind of like this. It's, it's interesting. The hospitality space, everybody's happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like sports where everybody's pissed Mad. off. Mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was, you know, to me, it was pretty interesting. And, and, you know, so many great people and so many great stories, uh, amazing destinations. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. And so I, you know, quit, quit my job there and started working with her and, you know, working on my investment stuff, but, you know, working on uh, this business, Well Inspired Travels and, uh, you know, just trying to, you know, start it from scratch and kind of build it up. And of course, you know, right as we start getting going and, you know, get about a year into it, COVID hits and, yeah. <laughs> and that posed a few new issues. And so it was, uh, you know, it was interesting time, but it was, it, it has, allowed me to get a better perspective on a small business, but be uh, building a business, what it, what it takes a from a time commitment, uh, B from, uh, you know, all the nuance that that's involved in, in a business, uh, even, you know, at this scale and, and size, it, there, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that, uh, that can happen that can derail the process. So, it, uh, it's been a great learning experience and, and something that, uh, you know, we're, we're continuing to work on. And, you know, you had your investment criteria and, and how you jump into something. It's like you, you go into it, you understand it, you unpack it, you sort of break it down to its bare bones, kind of like what that trainer did to you in your fourth year. Now, when you're building a business, was there any criteria that you applied against the business, some, some way that you want to build this business, some criteria for the people you hire, the way you scale, what was like the biggest learning that has had the biggest impact on this basically startup that you're building out? Yeah, I, I think more or less create core values that, that are going to be, you know, pillars of, of who we are, what our business is all about. Um, you know, I, I think, integrity is critical especially in this business with the information that you're handling um privacy is critical i was very private when i was a, a player and i uh, didn't like people knowing where i was going what i was doing what i was doing you know we don't talk about clients we don't discuss what goes on uh you know outside of the office um you know i i think philanthropy has always been a big part of you know, who I am and who, who we are as a family and, and giving back. And so we have a, you know, we make sure we, we give money to a couple different different uh, causes here in St. Louis, but, but, you know, the, their reach is global. And, and so we're able to, you know, invest back into the greater community, if you will, and, and try to be a, a beacon of hope in whatever way we can. And, um, you know, I think as you look at, a business it, it's it's character it's integrity it's hard work um you know i think that's something that my wife knew going into it with me is that if if i say i'm gonna do it then i'm doing it and it's it's i'm not dipping a toe in <laughs> it is going to be both feet falling in and so you know it, it's it's putting the time and effort in a to to learn the business and understand the business and then you know, find ways that you can uh, apply uh, other skill sets that, that you might have into the business that are going to give you a leg up and allow you the opportunity to excel and, and grow and build your business uh, to a higher level. And if you're going to, if you're going to speak to an entrepreneur that that's starting something, what would be the one tip or piece of advice that you give them? Don't, don't do it in the service industry during a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> uh, I, I would just say, like, there's a lot of uh, back office stuff. You know, you think, oh, I want to do this business. It's going to be cut and dry. And a lot of it is cut and dry. But the, from the taxes to the reporting to the, uh, you know, the, the back office stuff, 
mm -hmm. uh, that a lot of people don't take the time to learn and understand. Uh, that that can hit you all at once, and and can you know take down it takes down a lot of businesses at times. So and prepare for it um, and get ready be, for that. Be, be prepared. You know, immer yeah. if you're gonna do something, immerse yourself in it, understand it, and and really kind of model it after how you how you would want a business to be. You know, as I look at it, you know, I want people like myself as clients. So how would I how would I want to be contacted how what how would i want to be treated how would i you know and reverse engineer it from there how do you get to that point very smart okay um wrapping this up uh i just want to get all the socials and where people can go check out well inspired yeah. go check out your social um connect with you and then I'll, i have one question i ask every guest before we wrap up but first okay where are we going to send people? So website, socials, where do you want to go? It's a good question. Uh, at Chris Pronger on Twitter. I got to look here. can't remember. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> it is at the Chris Pronger on Instagram, at Chris Pronger on Twitter, at Well Inspired Travels on Instagram, and uh, and then wellinspiredtravels.com. Beautiful. That, okay. Those are all the handles for our stuff. Um, last question. So after your career as a player, as an investor, now a business owner, entrepreneur, what does success mean to you? Uh, success to me is waking up every day, excited to go in and see what the day is going to bring. There's always something new to, to work on, always something new to, to see, especially in this travel business that we're in. It, it, is, there's always something interesting every day and you know getting to talk to people getting out of my comfort zone i was always an introvert when i as a youngster and and now i've tried to turn the page on that and be a, be be an introvert extrovert and and try to you know learn you know talking to people and i'm much more at ease talking to people than i certainly was when i played i hated talking to people <laughs> and now you know, you have to challenge yourself. You have to get out of your comfort zone. And, you know, I think a lot of people um, struggle with a passion because inside of that passion is a fear. And, you know, this was a passion of mine. I'm like, you know what? Cold call people. I'll talk to people all the time. I mean, you know, rejection's rejection. <laughs> Whatever now. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I love it. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. 
I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much, Indeed, for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 